Hey, Hit Factory listeners, this is Aaron. If you're enjoying and want even more Hit Factory, including the entirety of this episode, consider becoming a patron of the show at patreon.com slash hitfactorypod. For just $5 per month, you'll get access to our premium biweekly episodes, bonus episodes, interviews, polls, and a lot more. Thanks for listening and supporting. There's a certain amount of generosity that we're giving a Russian character and and frankly like most Russians in the story that like I can't even really imagine us doing now let alone then that proximate to you know 40 years of of uh, a silent war and I think that like whether that's a political motivation or not What I appreciate about it is that it leaves room for you to, like, consider a a, a less myopic view than one that simply says America's the best and everyone else is evil. Yeah, I completely agree. You use the term quaint, and I think that's exactly what I would call this you know like it it, by today's standards it does feel a little quaint. The, The movie like I said you know kind of loves this American ideal. It still very much has a sort of America first attitude about uh, what people want and the sort of values that like people uh, naturally hold, you know, this idea of like freedom and and having recreational vehicles and, you know, settling down in Montana with rabbits and a big lady and stuff like that. But it also rewards and favors its characters who abandon the dogma of the Cold War uh, Ramius is the good guy because he's defecting, right? He's he is in command of a super weapon, a weapon that is designed for only one thing, as the movie says, and we know that that one thing is to start nuclear war and to destroy America. Uh, Ryan is a CIA analyst, and because of his knowledge and because of his sort of uh, captivation with Ramius is able to forego and abandon a lot of the more militaristic sort of heights of the other personnel in every room that he's in. You know, all the other intelligence officials and the politicians uh, are, are people who have warfare on the brain first and foremost. Again, it's 1990 at this point, a much less fractious relationship with the Soviets. Uh, Gorbachev operating at this point, perestroika, glasnost. These are things, people know these terms at this point in 1990. Uh, There's a much more sort of open relationship happening here. And in some ways, while I like the nuance of it, it does kind of feel like it's still only allowed to have that nuance because it's sort of a victory lap for America. You know, we're kind of recognizing that we're coming out as the superior power at the end of the Cold War. And in this movie, the, the the winners, even the Russians, are ones who do embody those American ideals. Yeah, it's like a big fuck you to Russia that their most decorated and capable <laughs> military officer wants to defect yeah. to the United States. So like... You know, it's there's that. Right. Yeah. That's not that's not very nuanced. But but I think that um, 
this room that the movie leaves for a, a more sort of complicated story than just like good guy, bad guy also exposes some other things that like if you explore them or ponder them for a moment, like you can read them a, a, a way that's maybe different than what the movie intends for you to. I'm thinking specifically of one, the fact that like the Red October exists at all is demonstrative of you pointed this out russia's technological advantage over us yeah i mean without the sort of like halo this movie paints of like a sensible man who is a pacifist at heart the russians would have won the war like (laughs) like they have the ultimate super weapon they have this thing that would have made it to american shores and fired a missile right off the coast uh, if we didn't have a Jack Ryan and we didn't have a Ramius trying to make himself known to to the American military. 